right. Today we're going to talk about love. Hey. Not that kind. Not that, not the bow chicka bow wow kind of love. That's actually next week. We're going to talk about love in marriage and what does that look like? How do you do it? Next, like, not, never mind. Okay. Anyway, marriage next week. Today we're going to talk about the idea of love. Where did it come from? Who invented it? How do we use it? What's it for? All of that. So what we're diving into today. The ways of Jesus. Love was really one of the primary ways of Jesus. And today is all about the way of love. So love is supposed to be a defining characteristic for people who aspire to follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe he was who he claimed to be, the son of God, come to earth in human form to forgive sins. If you believe that's true, and you're aspiring to become like Jesus, we're following his teachings, the defining characteristic in your life and in mine ought to be love. So, if you're a follower of Jesus, quick thought for the morning. When people think about you, when your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, your children, your parents, when they think about you, from their experience and interaction, say over the last week, do they find you in their mind as a loving person? When they see you in their mind, when your friends see you in their mind, do they say, that's a loving person? Do they find you as loving? Now, if everyone around you thinks about you and they would all agree, yes, he's such a loving person. They're so amazing. Every single person on planet Earth loves them. That would be pretty extraordinary. That would be rather unusual. Most of us here, What's more normal is we have a group of people in our lives and they would say, yeah, they're kind, they're super loving. But we probably also have another group of people in our lives and they would look at you and say, you know what? He's kind of a butthole. Right? It would be unusual for everyone to think you're amazing and loving. You probably have a group of people in your life who might not like you so much. That's more normal. Because the honest truth is, there are people that we love, and there are people that we don't. And if we're going to be honest today, there are people that we love, and there are people that we don't. There are people who are easy to love, like your dog. And there are people who are difficult to love, like your... Yeah, you, you, you thought it. You, you might have said it. <laughs> Jesus had some pretty big ideas about love. The ways that we're to love, and that's what we're diving into today. What did Jesus say love is? And how do we utilize that? We're gonna look at the book of John, written by, you guessed it, John. Some profound things about John that we're gonna get into. We're gonna look at chapter 13. Recorded Jesus saying, a new command I give you, love one another. What's new about that? A new command I give you, Jesus says, 
Love one another. Here's the tricky part. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this will everyone know that you are my disciples, my followers, my people. If, if you love one another. This was the new idea Jesus was bringing. The idea of love was not new. The idea of loving the people who surround you the same way that Jesus loved you, that's new. That's radical. And it's not something we're very good at if we're going to be honest about this today. Loving people the same way that Jesus has loved us. Jesus' love for you, it cost him something. When Jesus loved you, it cost him something. Jesus' love for you was sacrificial. It was undeserved. That is how we're now to love each other. In the same fashion. In a sacrificial, undeserved way. That's how we're to love our spouse our kids, our neighbors, our coworkers. Loving the people who surround you, it might actually cost you something. One of the ways you can know how much someone loves you is by what they're willing to lose for you. One of the ways you can tell how much somebody loves you is by what they're willing to lose for you. Anybody got kids? If your child went missing, you would give up everything. You would spend every dollar. You would search to the ends of the earth. You would be willing to lose it all for your child. And did you know that God has loved you the same way? bankrupted heaven, sent Jesus to pay the price and buy us back from sin and help us find our way back to God. God spent that much on us. He gave everything he had. You see, the command to love was not new, but loving other people the way that Jesus loved us, that was new. And the way people would know if we're truly God's followers, it was no longer through all the external religious rituals or routines, but rather they would know that we're God's followers by the way that we love each other. Not how much you show up to church, not how many times you read your Bible this week, not how big you can pray. Those are good. But the way that the world will know that you follow God is fully dependent on the way that you treat and love the people who surround you. Yes! Yeah, yes! He's with me! He's, he's with me! And we've got to try. I, when, you, when you hear me talk about following Jesus, I often use the word aspire because none of us have got it nailed down. None of us are getting it right or perfect. But we're trying. And we need to keep trying over and over and over. And when we try, we end up growing and we become, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. 
All right, for the rest of our time, we're going to look at one scripture passage in the book of 1 John to help us understand the way of love. We're going to talk about three truths that we see. Here's the first one. The way of love, it begins with God. Anybody know the first four words of the Bible? Book of Genesis says the very, very first four words, in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning, God. Yes, our story, our story, the story of humanity, our history, it begins with God. In the very beginning was God. He always was, he always has been. That's a very difficult concept to understand. And my kids have both asked me on multiple occasions, oh, who, where did God come from? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> he always was. Well, that doesn't make sense, Dad. I know. He always was. And he always will be. God created the whole earth and everything in it just so he could create you. You know, God created the ever-expanding universe, the billions of stars and planets, and this tiny little earth that could sustain life just so that he could create you and just so that he could love you. God gave us the gift of life with love being the whole point. You want to know why you're alive? It's to love. It's to love the people who surround you and to love God. We were created in the image of God, in the likeness. God is love. Look at this. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. John's not just saying God has love or God gives love. He does. He's taking it way further and way bigger. And he's saying God actually is love. The very idea of love, our desire for love, our ability to love and to be loved, it comes from God himself because it's who he is. And maybe someone in this church or a church, maybe they gave you a wrong impression of who God really is. Maybe they, maybe they caused you to think that God is just waiting to judge you. Is God the judge? Yes, he is. Will he judge? Yes, he will. He will someday make final judgment in all of our lives. Is God eagerly waiting to judge you? I don't think so. I think he's eagerly waiting to forgive you. And proof being him sending his son to pay the price for our sin and provide forgiveness should we accept it. The proof that God is eagerly waiting to forgive you. So the first way of love begins with God. The second way of love is revealed in Jesus. Love started with God. It, it is who he is. And it's revealed through his son, Jesus. John, Jesus' follower, his disciple, his friend, he was with Jesus physically. He was uh, alive the same time Jesus was alive. He was one of his friends. 
And John, perhaps, more than, knew more than any other about Jesus and about the love he had to offer. Because John was the only disciple who was actually physically at the crucifixion of Jesus. John was an eyewitness to the crucifixion of Jesus. And in that moment, John saw what love looked like. And that's why he writes 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. You see, when John writes this, he's actually an old man. He's writing this about 50 years after Jesus had said it. He's the last disciple alive of the original 12. All the others had been killed, murdered for their faith. They said, I saw Jesus. I saw him be arrested. I saw the Roman government drag him off and kill him. And then I saw him come back to life three days later. And because of the things I've seen, I cannot deny. And if you're going to kill me for my belief in Jesus, then do it. And that happened to every single one of them. Except John. They tried to kill him. Didn't work. And he's writing this saying, I know what love is because I saw it with my own two eyes. I watched Jesus walk into Jerusalem. I saw him when he was arrested. I watched him walk on water. He fed thousands. He healed hundreds. He calmed the storms. He spoke to nature and it listened. And I watched that Jesus give his life through crucifixion, for the payment of our sin. I saw him die on a cross. And I saw him come back to life three days later. You see, for John, this isn't a story. It's not a theory. It's not even religion. He saw these things happen. And he says, because of what I've seen and experienced, I will never doubt the love of God in my life. And so he writes about it. And we still have his books today. We still have the writings of John describing the love of Jesus and the love of God. We still have those books today that we're reading from today. So the way of love begins with God. The way of love is revealed through Jesus and what he has done for us. And the way of love is entrusted to us. The way of love that God invented and Jesus exposed us all to is now handed over, entrusted, given to you. What will you do with it? Have you ever borrowed something really important? Remember how you felt? A sense of responsibility, a sense of weight to make sure that you're really taking care of this very important thing that wasn't really yours and I'll never forget the time when my brother-in-law let me borrow his Porsche. Porsche. <laughs> I was a 
reckless young adult, about 19 years old. I had all kinds of ideas of how I was going to drive this car. I was going to go and pick up my friends and tear up the town and probably need to put some new tires on it before I brought it back because that's how bad I was going to treat this thing. But when I pulled out of the driveway and got onto the road, something changed. Probably for the first time in my 19-year-old my life, I felt a sense of responsibility. <laughs> what if I scratch it? What if I wreck it? I drove that thing like grandma. <laughs> and I brought it back in perfect condition. And because of that responsibility, he let me drive it again. And that's when I tore it up. <laughs> but you see, we all hold responsibility for the things that have been entrusted to us. You hold the responsibility for the things that have been entrusted to you. And our faithfulness to that responsibility will determine if more is given or taken. Our faithfulness to the responsibility of what's been given to you will determine if God gives more or takes more. The way of Jesus and the redemption of God's love have been entrusted to us. What will you do with it? We've been given the keys. Don't scratch it. Don't wreck it. But don't be scared to drive it. Drive that thing. May we be faithful with what the Lord has given, helping others to find that same love. Okay, we're going to look at how John puts all of this in verses 11 and 12. First John chapter 4, 11 and 12. I'm reading from the New International Version. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Don't miss this part. God lives in us and his love is made complete when? When we love him? Nope. When we check all the right boxes? Nope. That's not when God's love is made complete. When God's love is made complete is when you and I love each other. And when we love other people. John is reminding us who made the first move here when it comes to love. Since God so loved us. God went first, not you, not me. Before we ever made a move, God had us on his mind and he moved towards us. He moved all the way to the cross so that we could be reconciled with him. That's what love does. It makes the first move. You know, Leslie made the first move on me. Because I mean, look at me. <laughs> She really did. I was a chicken. Okay. Love does whatever it takes, even before it's deserved. You know, love does what it takes even... Hey, I said, I, Leslie, I, don't be making no moves right now. I see you. <laughs> That's what love does. <laughs> it makes the first move. All right. And that brings us to this word, Ought. Since God so loved us, we also ought 
to love one another. That word ought, it, just, it infers that we owe something. It's kind of like a, I owe you one. I ought. There's this debt, debtor kind of relationship going on here, inferred with this word. And it's also this week's challenge. Here it is. Since God loved me, I owe it to God to love you. And since God loved you, you owe it to God to love me. And that's the standard that Jesus brought of love. That's the new standard of love. Every time you act in an unlovable way and I'm tempted to respond unlovingly, I need to remember I'm not loving you because you deserve it. I'm going to respond in love and love you because God chose to love me and I owe it to God to love you. Yes, that's the standard of love. Here's our application. What would it look like for you to practice, aspire, try, take a step? Since God loved us, we owe it to God to love them. Since God loved you, you owe it to God to love them. Can we try that? Can we step into that? Even with the people in our life who we've considered unlovable, not because they deserve it, not because we like them or we want to be around them. No, because God loved me, I owe it to God to love you. Could we try that this week in our workplaces and in our families? How about every aspect of our entire life? Yes, can we step into it this week? I think things would change for us. All right, this is the way of Jesus. This is the way of love. I'm gonna invite the band to come on back up. We're gonna worship God through one more song. Since God loved me, I owe it to God to love you. I invite you to stand with me. We're gonna pray. And then we're going to worship. We are going to worship the God of love by singing a song to him, worshiping him. Let's not forget, we're not just singing songs here. We're worshiping the creator of the universe. Maybe you're not used to singing or comfortable singing. That's okay. Look at the words, absorb them, meditate on them. But maybe today you take a step and you do sing with your voice. Sometimes you see people raising a hand or, or both hands in the air. You know, that's a biblical sign of surrender. That's a biblical sign of worship. God, I worship you. That's what we're saying when we do that. And not everyone is comfortable doing that. Again, that's okay. You don't have to. Um, but I just want to let you know, not everybody here is looking at you. They're too worried about what you're thinking about themselves. <laughs> so if you want to worship God by lifting your hands in the air, do it and be blessed by him and offer him your love. God, you made the first move. You loved us. And we gather in a place like this so that we can love you. And we're gonna show our love to you through a song. We're gonna worship you. Jesus, as we go this week, may we show love to the people who surround us because you have loved us. May we give that love away. I ask you to change our lives and work in us. Holy Spirit, be present in everything we do and everywhere we go. Live in us and live through us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.